Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to The Untamed Life, you guys. I'm excited about today's conversation because the conversation is going to be pretty light. It's going to be light, simple, actionable, and super potent if you actually receive this message in your heart. It's inspired by a reel I did yesterday on what makes a great marriage. And I was talking about marriage not being an individual sport. So yeah, we're talking about marriage as a team sport today. But here's the thing, right? I hope that every podcast here, every episode that I give to you guys, there's a shift happening inside of you. There's so many books, so many coaching programs, so many tools out there to support behavior change, right? There's no shortage of people telling you the three ways to X, the five ways to whatever. Here's the clear steps for you to drop the weight, to have an amazing marriage. Like here's how to do this. But the reality is if we don't shift not only the behavior, but the heart and the mind of the person behind the behavior, behavioral modification is temporary at best. You're sticking a Band-Aid on something. You're not actually doing the necessary surgery. You're not getting into the roots and looking at the things that really need to happen. We're not healing the things that need to be healed. We're not adjusting the things. So we run into all of these tactics and protocols and ways of doing things and communicating and stuff. And we're doing it from a very superficial surface level place. That's like, I just need to modify my behavior, right? So behavior modification is a huge part of interrupting our patterns because we are creatures of habit, creatures of pattern. And so we want to be aware of the patterns that we're playing out as parents, as partners, you know, as business people, as leaders. And we want to notice like, what are the patterns that are actually adding life to my team, my household, my children, my marriage? And what are the patterns that are actually keep derailing me that take me off course? So once we have awareness, if the pattern is not something we want, yes, we want pattern interruption. We do that very quickly through behavior modification. But if we only address the physical, we stay at the surface and it won't be long before we are trying to convince ourselves and talk ourselves into, you know, why we should stick it out. And it becomes the world of force and we lose motivation. We lose inspiration. We lose the desire to make the change. And this is really important. And I know all of you can relate at some level, whether you did a 28 challenge one time, maybe it was a nutrition program, maybe it was a workout program, maybe it was something like 75 hard, like my husband is doing now. And like, if you don't really get to the core of why this matters, right, to the heart of the matter, it's just another thing on the surface. And if that surface level thing isn't resonating deep enough, truthfully enough for you, 
you know, potent enough, then you will not stick it out. So while I am a fan of behavior modifications and absolutely we need to take action, what I'm really hoping is that today's conversation will provide you with both the behavior modification, but really the shift of heart, the shift of what you're focused on, where your energy goes, where your focus goes, energy goes, right? So when we shift the focus and we shift the heart and we shift the energy, the entire state uh, changes and therefore the outside world starts to realign really quickly, right? So I always, I'm a big fan. Let's get to the heart of the matter. So let's jump in. We're talking about having a great marriage. And here's the thing. I work with a lot of couples. You guys know one of my favorite things to do is help support couples who are struggling either through broken trust because maybe there's been an emotional or a physical affair or trust has been broken another way. It doesn't always have to be through emotional connection or physical connection, but that's a big one. Sometimes it's through financial things. Sometimes it's just canyons of disconnection that happen. But I really believe that having a phenomenal, like a really healthy, safe marriage, safe home is so key to everything else multiplying in our life. We are so busy trying to grow our businesses, invest in our businesses, invest in our companies, invest in the external, our teams, right? Externally. And yet a lot of us are very, we're doing all this personal development work, all this leadership work. We're doing all this investing of time and energy and money in external things, and in ourselves, but sometimes we look around at the very home that we come home to, or, you know, when you're breaking and it's like, what is the environment of your marriage? What is the environment in your house, in your atmosphere? Because if that foundation isn't solid, isn't safe, isn't life-giving, nurturing, where people can be raw, can be real, can be safe, then everything else cannot really multiply sustainably. You know, I, I've shared my story many, many times. I know this firsthand. We pour so much into the external to build these castles, these businesses, these things, these empires, only to have it all taken away when we don't recognize and appreciate and invest in the things right under our nose. The thing that is the treasure is not the thing that you're chasing. It's the children, your sons, your daughters, your wife, your husband, like those are first and foremost the first treasures that we have been entrusted with, right? The first gifts. And I do believe that God is like, hey, I want to see how well you manage, how well you lead, how well you nourish and multiply that first treasure, which is the treasure ultimately that everybody wants, you know, at the end of their life, that's, they're not counting how much money they made. They're counting the quality of their relationships. That's the stuff that matters. So bringing our attention back to specifically the sacredness, the union of husband and wife relationship. And I want to say this, that as I start to work with these couples, especially that are trying to rebuild trust or just like tubules in a China closet, like budding heads, or maybe one avoider, one avoidant personality, right? And one super anxious personality. And you guys are just like, you can't sync up. It seems like one person's running at one speed. Maybe, you know, a lot of men, and again, I'm generalizing here, but I find that sometimes a lot of men have a very, a faster pace than the women do. Or, and, and so like our pacing is off, right? We're not synced up. One of you, it doesn't always have to be the man, right? Sometimes it's a woman. We're like, we're like running, 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 frenetic. And maybe it might be natural for us, but it's a different pace. So we don't sync up. Our mindsets are different, right? So we might be battling with different psychology, different uh, philosophies around things, different beliefs. Our energy is different, right? So one of us might 
I mean, we are all energetic beings. So when we are like not sinking, not in harmony, first and foremost, it, there's like this rub. <laughs> there's this like rub or tension in the atmosphere. That's like everything that's being transmitted comes through like this weird filter, right? And we're like, why did you say that? What were you thinking? Why did you do this? And we have so many things that we're experiencing and projecting in the atmosphere and assuming the other person is thinking without even like getting clear on what is actually going on. So if there's friction inside of your home, whether you're aware of it or not, if you're walking on eggshells, if you feel like, man, we are just rubbing each other, we're not getting each other, we're fighting each other, and we're supposed to be on the same team, then this is a conversation for you. So I want to start by saying this. One of the first places that I start with is recognizing and acknowledging and getting crystal clear on the fact that marriage is not an individual sport. Marriage is not a tennis match, right? It is not uh, a, go a golf game where it's just you out to win. I don't know. You know, you're not swimming lanes in your own lane. So marriage is a team event. And as with any, I want you to really, I'm using the sporting analogy today because I see way too many couples, way too many people in relationship, literally where it looks like the game, the field is a battleground, right? And they're like on opposing teams. First of all, they're not even on the same team. It's like they're on different teams and the battleground, the field is like this territory to battle over who's going to win, who's stronger, who's faster, who's going to be right. Can I run you over, trample you? Like, And we have just this air of competition that has us against each other. So there's strife, there's fighting. We're looking at each other to see how we can kind of get one up on the other one or find the pocket, find the hole, right? Like how to navigate instead of looking out on the field together, side by side, standing on the same side of the field. So the first order of business is recognizing we are on the same team and this is our field and we own this field, right? And whatever that thing is that we are struggling with, that we are fighting with right now, that is the thing that's in front of us, right? That thing is the opposition or the other team. You're not the opposition, but that thing, right? Whatever that is, maybe there is, um, I'll come back to that, but it could be anything that's going on, miscommunication, misunderstanding, uh, aggression in the air, defensiveness, right? All of these things that come between us where we start going like, you did this and you are that. We have to be very careful. That thing, that energy, that emotion is a thing. It's not who you are. So we have to stop pointing fingers and saying, you are this. That's one word we have got to remove from our vocabulary, especially in relationship, in in communication. I love the fact that the holistic psychologist did this, like just did an entire carousel on this, um, which I was like, man, that was so great. I've been talking about this forever with you guys about stop saying you, you, you. We are the team. I, we and I, we are a team. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm seeing. Where are you at? If we're going to use you, it's like, where are you at? What's coming up for you? What do you see, right? Your players over there, you guys got to work together. So number one, we are on the same team. We are not 
enemies. We are not on a battleground against each other. We got to like look at that first and foremost. And so part of this concept, just to help you break it down, because a lot of people want to be on the same team, but they don't know how to get on a team, right? They're like, I don't understand. Like we can't seem to get synced up. So here, let's break it down. First of all, I know this sounds super rudimentary, but we have to start with the foundations. Like think about it as with any athletic team, right? Some of you guys are sports fans. I know some of you ladies too, right? But like every team has a name, right? They have a name. And I think it's so important for us to get clear on what our team name is. Like what is the name of our team and what do we stand for, right? You can kind of imagine like the mascot in a way, but and I, I think it's important to not just make it your last name, right? Like we could be the jewel team, but that's too close to like each of our individuals. Like we have to create something else because a marriage, a team is individual players as well as the whole. If you go out on the field and you play as individual players, and you know how this goes, you can watch games where you've got like a guy that's peacocking the whole time or a woman that's like, always got to be the one to get the ball, not passing, wants to be the superstar, wants to be the shiny object, wants to be the one that, and like, they're not a team player, right? We see this in like six-year-old soccer. You're looking at the kids, seeing them run like a horde chasing the ball. And it's just, everybody's trying to get the attention, their hands on the ball instead of spread out. Look at the lay of the land. Who's in position to, to handle this right now? When is it time to pass? Your individuals, which is important, I'm gonna talk about that in the middle, in a minute, but you really have to operate as a whole. We have to operate as a team, bringing our individual strengths um, to the team. So I think it's important for us to have a team name because that's what, what unifies us, right? It gives us that identity that is like, who are we, you know? And what do we stand for? What does our team name stand for? I actually, you know, take couples through this exact exercise. One of the first things that we do, and it brings up a lot of great conversations. Sometimes we spend an entire day on these topics that I'm talking to you about because it's something that you really get to discuss and, discuss and hash out. And I've been in client immersion days where a couple was trying to figure it out, but they were just, like had such different ideas of their values and what they stood for and whatever that even coming up with a team name and something that they all represented, we, we had to do work on that that actually took much more than a day because there was some things that we had to work out. So I wanted to say that because sometimes we think we're on the same team and we think we know what we stand for, but your partner may have a very different idea of what that means. So what is the team name? If you guys hear me talk a lot here, our team name, our household is Gravitas. You know, first and foremost, Mark and I, we want to be that place of gravity for each other, that place where it's just a safe place to land. We want that to be for our kids. It's a conversation we have with the kids, with everyone that comes into our home. We have a mat by the front door. That's the first thing you see. We're making our own flag. I mean, we're really having fun with this because it becomes like a glue that holds us together, right? And we can come back to the place of, okay, this is what gravitas is about. Are we living in alignment with that? Are we being congruent with that? And it's cool to listen as this becomes part of daily conversation. It becomes a North Star. So what is the team name? What do you guys stand for, right? What are your strengths as individual players? I think this is important to really think of yourself as a team for a minute. 
each one of us have talked about this extensively and I'm so I love diving into this work with my clients in our group communities to really unpack, you know, what are your unique geniuses, your unique gifts? What is the thing about you that comes so naturally? You don't even have to think about it. You just boom, you drop in, you handle it. We can pass you the ball. We know that you just get it. You know, you receive it every time. You got a smooth drive. It's just natural for you where someone else is a natural blocker. Someone else is a natural you know, quarterback or whatever it is. I'm using the, the football analogy, right? I was a natural striker. You know, I played left, um, left striker in soccer. So I just felt really natural in that position. I would not be a good sweeper, right? So what are your strengths as an individual player? What are your gifts? What do you bring to the whole that is really necessary for the whole to thrive? Likewise, do you know the other players on your team? Like, what are their strengths? What do they bring? Their uniqueness, right? And what is our weaknesses? We spend way too much time looking at each other in opposition on the playing field. We turn it into a war zone. We go in there. It's not safe. We're ready to fight. We're ready to play offense and defense against each other, not on the same team. And we are trying to take advantage of each other's weaknesses, literally like two opposing teams do. Isn't that what you do, right? You, you study. If you're in athletics, you study the opposition. You study the other team's weak points <laughs> so that you can take advantage of those pockets of opportunity. You know where the weak links are. You know how to play the game. And that is in relationship. That's a lot of the manipulation that happens where we push each other's buttons. I call it poking the bear. And if we haven't done a lot of work around our wounding and restoring and healing our core wounds, we will often start poking and picking at someone else's wound that we love dearly, but we will like poke them there when we're hurt or we're triggered or we're upset. And so now that would be like us running over to our player who maybe we know has a torn ligament in his right ankle and has a recurring injury there. And he's on our team, but we run over there and stick our foot out and trip him on his right ankle because we know that that's the weak link and he's going to go down. And then we stand over him and scream at him for not being strong enough or stable enough or holding the line or whatever the thing is. So I'm using a lot of analogies around sports today, but we have to pay attention to where we do this inside of our relationships. So the person's weaknesses are there for me to be aware of, not so that I point them out, so that I manipulate them, so that I poke them, but I actually can bring the strengths to the table, optimize their strengths, and we are you know, supporting each other's weaknesses, right? And obviously it's each of our own responsibility to work on practicing the drills, cultivating the skill sets where we're weak. If one of us is not strong in patience, which would be me sometimes, I have had to do a lot of work around listening, slowing down, being patient, because I was that player that was always running way ahead, looking backwards, and my team would be like way back there, and I'd be like, come on, what is wrong with you guys? Why are you so slow? You guys need to train harder, and da-da-da-da-da. And it's kind of funny, I was watching that Top Gun, <laughs> that part two recently, it's not Iceman, I forget what the guy is, but you know, he kind of is like Iceman number two, where he thinks he's so great, and he's like the fastest one, and I'm gonna be the team leader, and I'm gonna be the captain, and he thinks his you-know-what doesn't stink, and it's like he's the best pilot, and he's just leaving his teammates in the dust, and I love that scene when Tom Cruise was like, 
you just left your teammate to die, right? The mission just failed because of your ego. And that is really what I'm trying to drill home here is that so many times we are sent on mission by God, by, you know, the vision. Like we are on a mission as a couple. We're on a mission. Like the, unless it's, unless the purpose of your relationship, I don't know, is just like so that to be together so you're not bored or just to be together so that you can have some company to do things with, which is fine. But I believe when I'm talking about marriage and I'm talking about sacred union, I'm talking about a power couple territory, like we're here to, for something greater than ourselves. And maybe that mission is to raise amazing humans that are emotionally safe, who believe in themselves, who know who they are, right? That can go out and be great stewards of their own families. First and foremost, that is the mission. So all of us have a mission. So when one of us does that, and we're running ahead and we're letting our ego, our superiority, right? We're all in our strength and we're not conscious of who, where, where other people are. We, the mission is a failure. If one person wins and the other person loses, it's a loss in a team sport. There is no such thing as a team win that way. So knowing our strengths and our weaknesses. The, the, the part of that also is when do I pass and when do I lead? When do I step in and when do we step back? And it's a bit of a dance, you know, and, and uh, Mark and I, this I think gets to be part of a conversation when we're making decisions. Sometimes it's financial decisions, sometimes, whether it's buying a new car right now, my car's in the shop, it just got towed this morning and we were chatting about, you know, how we make the decision, should we get a car or not? What do we want to invest in right now? How do we want to move money around? And, you know, we're having these conversations and part of it is like, okay, when am I leading? When am I passing the ball to you? When am I going to let you get this one? And so whether it's making decisions, around the kids or around finances or whatever. Again, a lot of couples I see are in turmoil inside their marriages because they don't trust each other to take the ball and run with it, right? I don't trust you. I passed you the ball. Now I'm not trusting you to run it. I'm sitting there screaming at you the whole time like those parents on the sidelines. You know those parents on the sidelines. They're just like screaming at their kid the whole time. I, this is one of the reasons I do not enjoy going to kids games is because the parents screaming on the sidelines or the coaches screaming or the teammates screaming that just creates more chaos instead of really calling out the things that matter, right? But how many times are we that person that when we pass the ball, we're screaming, 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 telling someone how to run it, when to run it, when to hold it, when to let it go, instead of really trusting that they're going to run it the right way. And then us getting busy, hello, getting positioned to maybe receive it if they need to pass it back, right? Or recovering so that when it's our turn to jump back in and we're running the ball, then we have the energy and capacity to do that. Not because we're so exhausted from energetically and mentally carrying it for the other person. So what this looks like, and I gave you guys a sports analogy, but what it looks like inside of our marriages is like, okay, you tell me you're going to handle something and then I'm on top of you 24-7. Did you do it? When did you do it? How are you going to do it? How's it going? Checking in. I need to know. Did you CC me? And it's this crazy smothering, mistrust sometimes, questioning that happens. And so part of it again, is what kind of communication feels good to us? How much do we need, right? And so knowing when we lead, when we pass, it's kind of like that Navy SEALs sort of uh, 
flow state leadership where the person who's most positioned to lead drops in and leads based on the circumstances, based on the strengths, based on where they're at. It's not like, okay, one person is large and in charge all the time. We have like environments shift, right? Things shift, circumstances shift. Sometimes it's time, like it's go time. I just got to be here and make a decision. And I have to know that there's safety on the team where I can make this pass or I can shoot this ball and I'm not going to go and be shamed and screamed at and made wrong for doing that. Right. And I think that's so important. So many of us are walking on eggshells inside of our marriages, terrified to make decisions, terrified to actually trust ourselves, terrified to ask for what we want because somehow we've made it wrong. Right. To, to take shots, <laughs> to pass the ball right? It's always have to be one person making all the calls or one person getting all the credit or whatever it is. So pay attention that marriage is not an individual sport. It really is a team event. The last thing I want to say around this and on the heels of last week when I talked about being out of integrity, out of peace, in inner conflict and turmoil, I think this really transfers over to the relationship conversation that when we are unclear on our values as a couple, what do we stand for? What is, you know, we need to clarify that. When we are unclear on our values, we don't know what matters most, what that actually looks like, what matters to us as a unit, as a team, as, as the team name is Gravitas. What are those clear values? And again, it's not just slapping some words on paper or you, know, you walk into some companies and you see their core values up on the wall, but is it really something that you stand by? You live it out. You talk about it at the dinner table. You can redirect each other to when maybe one of you starts going off on a tangent or off course or you start defaulting to some poor habits. We don't fall into this pattern of judging and pointing fingers and shaming each other and accusing and going on offense, but we actually can redirect both of our attention on like, hey, here's the play right now. Remember, this is what matters. We got to get back into the right configuration so that we can do this right instead of screaming at each other for being in the wrong position. So we got to call each other back, call each other back, call each other up, call each other to look up. If somebody's off course looking down, it's like, look up, <laughs> look forward over here, right? We've got to redirect each other's gaze, each other's focus, each other's energy, and each other's physical bodies through action. And uh, that is a very tactical thing because what you focus on grows. So if one of us is focused on the wrong thing and is getting all agitated and worked up and we jump into that party and we start taking that bait and now we're both fighting about something that has nothing to do with what we were originally talking about, now you just also jumped into the wrong play and got pulled off course. The wisdom of a great team is being able to pull those people back, right? Those players back. So whether you're, you're using these analogies of the sports teams like I did today or being on a battlefield, because I do believe both are true. We're both playing a game, the game of life, and we're also in a very real war zone in the world where there is a battle of two worlds, right? There's the world of love and the world of fear and everything in, like it's, it's everything is either under one umbrella or the other, you know, there's the world system and then there's the heavenly system of kingdom on earth. And they're both sort of, not sort of, they're both very real and very present and very right here, right now. 
And we have to be aware of the battleground that we're walking into every day, that we are in physical environments, we're in spiritual environments, right? We're playing a game and we got to decide, what game am I going to play, right? Am I going to play constant offense and defense, battling against my teammates, peacocking for significance, going back to get my needs met from the wrong places, or am I going to play the game of building leaders, you know, building a team who knows how to work together, right? Clarifying the plays, clarifying our values, clarifying what we stand for, strengthening the team, strengthening the bonds. And I want to finish today by saying this is getting clear on what does it look like when you're both winning? What does it look like when our team is winning? So first as a couple, right? What does it look like when we are winning as a unit and also we're winning as individual players? I think that's really important because I'm not talking about neglect yourself or sacrifice yourself. I'm talking about what does it look like when we're honoring, when we're winning and we're coming off that field feeling strong, feeling more connected, like we just play together really well. We got to define what winning together looks like. And so many of us are trying to do this in our families, with our kids. And what does it mean as a family? But it starts with us as a married couple. It starts with us in relationship because you can't do it for the outer unit. It's like having two captains on a team who can't get along, but we're trying to unify the team. How does that work? <laughs> right? We have a, a whole team of players and you've got two captains who can't stand each other, who can't communicate to each other, who can't agree on what passes to run, what plays to play. It's a shit show, excuse my language, but we have got to get on the same page. And of course, as I wrap, I don't, I believe that we can go far with this on our own, right? Through our own conversations and stuff like that. When you involve God in your marriage, though, it takes it to a whole other level. It gives you a sort of protection and covering direction, directive and truth that is so much more powerful than anything you can create with just the two of you and the physical, right? We're, we're strong on our own, unified. We can do a lot. But when we get unified with each other and under something greater than us, under that greater mission, that greater covering, that greater sense of purpose and direction, that greater sense of knowing what really matters and what our truth, capital T, means to us, Man, there is a rocket fuel, almost like a supernatural rocket fuel of divine support. And it is, that's exactly what it is, is that you have angelic support, divine support, because now you're in full integrity and alignment as a couple under the covering of our father, of our creator, right? And everything in his realm which is honestly the place that I want to be. So I think there's a healthy fear of God in the sense like we don't, I don't want to be out. <laughs> I don't want to be out from under that place. I want to be in that place, in that beautiful place of being in connection with him, being held by him, having him be the CEO of our businesses and really the point person in our marriage. And so I just want to leave by saying this today, you know, it's important that we start doing this work as individuals, we start doing this work together and really getting God involved is going to be the thing that really begins to amplify and multiply deep in your marriage exponentially. One of the greatest things 
that I'm so grateful for, like so, so grateful for is that my husband and I are in the place where we can sit together in the mornings. You know, I come up, part of my morning routine is I come up, I have my coffee, I drink a little bit of coffee, I write in my journal, I, I read usually the word of God or some books and some stuff like that. And then I pray and then Mark will come up and we'll have about 10, 20, sometimes longer, 30 minutes of connection and getting ourselves on the same page and then praying together over our businesses, over our children, over where we're being led. And in the beginning when we did that, it was awkward because it was new. It was unfamiliar. Like we kind of did these little prayers, but as we cultivate this habit, it's really been something that is not only strengthening our connection, but it's giving us so much more clarity on the direction that we're headed in, on the vision, and the how, <laughs> the guidance, step by step. And it's we are really getting on the same page because we are hearing the same thing. Instead of me bringing an opinion to him and him having an opinion and then our opinions competing to see which one is right. So I hope that that really lands for you. As always, I love to hear from you guys. I definitely hope that you are spreading this message with at least one person that needs to hear this message today. Right now, I invite you to go ahead and forward that, this episode over to somebody in your private messenger, because this is how we spread the, the message, right? We hear something, it hits home, and then we share it. We share it. If you have a good thing, you share it. And lastly, if you are feeling the call to go deeper into this work inside of your marriage, I work with three couples per quarter at a very intimate setting to really help you get aligned in your values, to deepen the connection, to build trust and clarify the communication, the lines of communication. So it's such a beautiful journey. You guys can learn more about that by clicking on the link below, apply to work with me. We'll reach out to you with the next steps. And if it's not through that private mentorship container, we have an amazing online community that meets several times a month where we just, it's like a wisdom circle mastermind. There's teachings, there's training around relationship building, there's conversations that are raw, real, authentic. It's an amazing group of men and women who are committed to rising together as powerful co-creators and uh, wanting to rebuild, right? Rebuild an amazing marriage. So if that's you, make sure you click on the link to connect so we can get to know you and point you in the right direction. Until next time, you guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for being in this much needed conversation. Remember that marriage is not an individual sport. It's a team event. Bye for now. Till next time, here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously. Ciao. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.